Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Our Drunken History. Tonight we're doing an episode that I don't even want to do because it's been my biggest fear ever since I was a little kid. Tonight we are covering Bigfoot. We're coming to you live from my living room because the shed is fucking hot. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice balmy uh, 108 in there, so we decided to bring it into the into Zach's living room. Yeah, Bigfoot's one of those things. It seems like uh, everybody's got a story, uh, whether you believe it or not believe it. There's always usually some pretty good stories involved with it. Um, it's kind of like everything else. Some of those stories can get debunked pretty easy, but then there's some that it just there's nothing that you can quite explain about them. So hopefully uh, we can cover a few things that maybe uh, we'll make believers out of some, and maybe some that uh, you might dispel some rumors a little bit. We'll chase you away. Yeah, like, like Bigfoot would. Make you, uh, make you scared in the dark at night. We uh, also on the show tonight, we got my buddy Ace, my eyeless Shih Tzu. He's uh, 75 years old. He got no eyes, can't see shit. It's like little Roomba running around the house. Just bumps into stuff all the time. And he's got the opposite of big feet. <laughs> so tonight, sticking with our theme of Bigfoot and Sasquatch, the skunk ape, the Yeti, the all those nicknames, all the different whatever other. There's tons of oh, Rang Pendak. We were couple. We we got stories on a couple of them. So get out of here. Go lay down. Go lay down, fucking retard. Go lay down. It's, it seems like uh, they're all over the world. No matter where you go, or no matter where you research, there is a story of a Bigfoot-like creature. And some of them, some of them are big, and then some of them are kind of small. So it just depends on the the part of the world that you're seeing the story from. I just want to apologize in advance. We are uh, doing this in my living room, and I have like, I have six dogs, and they're all inside dogs, and not a one of them has manners. Kind of attention horse. But they are. They're going to be in and out of the frame the whole night. That's the way dogs so, are supposed to be. So that's Ace, that's Huck. You'll see some others. There's more there. running around. So, <laughs> so our first beer to review tonight is is what is this? This is his Rogue Breweries, which is what we had last week, yeah, too. We had Rogue Dead Guy. The Dead Guy, This yeah. is Rogue's uh, Bat Squatch. It's a hazy India Pale Ale, IPAs. We talked a lot of shit about IPAs last week, too. We did. Uh, this one has a little saying on the back. It says, For years, rumors have circled that deep in the woods of Mount St. Helens lives the fabled Bat Squatch. Where there are many tales of Bat Squatch, they are all a bit hazy on the details which makes the truth such a juicy mystery. So what better way to honor the legend than with a hazy, juicy IPA? Perfect for camping and potentially making a new friend. It is definitely an IPA. It's not the worst I've had. I don't know that I could sit down and drink 10 of these, but one, one ain't hurting me. Yeah, um, some of the IPAs are, are really bitter. This one has more of the, the citrus grapefruit. It's it, juicy. You, you get the... You can definitely get the grapefruit smell and then the uh, grapefruit aftertaste or the finish to it. Yeah. And as far as IPAs goes, I'm usually not a fan, but this isn't too bad. Yeah, I, I'm not having a problem with this at all. I don't mind it. It really almost reminds me of a, a grapefruit shandy. Have you had any of those before? I have not. Well, we're going to do an episode on Line and Kugels at some point. Line and Kugels, if you're watching, I sent you a message to sponsor a video. They have a great Yeah, check handy. your email, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this isn't bad at all. 
No, and, and this is the second rogue beer that yeah. we've done. And uh, I've got to say, so far, I am not disappointed. Rogue, you guys are hitting it out of the park with your uh, your flavor here. Yeah, not bad at all. No. Like, like we said, neither one of us is an IPA fan, but uh, I, I, this, yeah, I'm not bitching. This ain't bad. Well, so what do you want to get into first with our... With our Bigfoot lore, the the legends, the myths. Well, I don't want to get into any of it because I don't care much for Bigfoot. Um, but let's just let's just give an overall. What what do you think Bigfoot is? Bigfoot is, you know, for all intents and purposes, like a fucking nine foot tall, hairy, ape like creature that lives wherever you live in the world, and there's legends all over. But Travis, on a personal level with no research, give me your rundown of what Bigfoot is. What Bigfoot is. What do you think of Big? Do you think A, do you think Bigfoot is or is not real? And if you do, give me a, a, a synopsis of your opinion. Well, I think I think really anything is possible. And when I look at it is, is I don't know. I really kind of think that there's a possibility that there could be a lost or undiscovered large primate that has evaded sightings and capture and so i think there could be a a possibility that in the pacific northwest where it's very desolately populated uh in the jungles of southwest asia or southeast asia and um where you know you get the orang pandek um yeah uh, myths coming from so you think that there's more than one. There could be because Orang Pendek was is a smaller well, more than one species, but I mean more than one. Like people talk about Bigfoot, oh. not big feet, not oh, big yeah. foots. There's no plural with it. Like, right. There's not just one ape well, guy running around in the mountains. Well, right? there's a yeah. Well, the thing is, there there has to be more than one because these these stories go back hundreds of years. Maybe it's just real aged, really old. And then there's some primates that live to be old age, but. Uh, there has to be a, a breeding population of them in order for people to keep seeing them over you know the, the course of 100 years um there are some primates like orangutans that are known to be solitary creatures like you get gorillas and chimpanzees they're they're more communal they live in families mm-hmm. but orangutans, they, call it, they call it a i didn't i didn't know this they call it a community a community is, is the official term for it's not a family of whatever primate it's a community the uh you know what i a community of baboons is called. It kind of fitting. A fucking mob. A congress. A really? congress of, and so that's kind of fitting for our. Huh. I would. I would have said mob, but congress. <laughs> congress works. It's yeah. fitting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, a bunch of baboons. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe your red asses, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Figure shit out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. Orangutans. Uh, they only usually come together to mate, and they're usually. Uh, spend the whole rest of their time in solitary. Have you have you ever seen an orangutan in person? Yeah, uh, I, I, in the I've been to a couple of different zoos that had them. Um, I was trying to think. I think there was one went to a. Um, it was like a, a nature preserve where they they had them where they they had well, a big area where they could free roam and stuff. And they they uh, they say even out in the wild though they're very curious when they see humans come around. They're friendly and they. They they're curious and want to kind of hang out and see how they. 
I went to uh, the San Juan Puerto Rico Zoo. Yeah. On vacation down there one time, and there was an orangutan, and it was like a a sub adult, I believe they're called, like a teenager. Yeah. And he was hanging from like a cargo net that they had, and he was chilling, and he uh, he shot a stream of spit <laughs> between his front teeth, like a somebody spit and chew at me. <laughs> he, he, he did not want me around. Did, he, the, did he give you the big old grin too that they do? Yeah, he, I mean, he didn't get me. I, I had a fun fact. I, I'm the only person I know that has ever been shit on by a hippo. Well, um, at that same zoo, hippos when they shit, they wag their tail and it just flings dingleberries all over. And one landed on my foot. I've had a, I've had a shovel hippo shit before. You know. <laughs> So go on. On a, on a deployment, uh, we went to we were in Ethiopia, and uh, part of when the air, when we get ready in the morning for the aircraft to take off, we had to go do a runway sweep like a FOD walk. If anybody's <laughs> ever been in the military for a FOD, FOD is FOD is a foreign foreign object uh, and debris. De, and debris yeah. yeah, forward object debris. So basically, anything that's uh, not aircraft, like anything from like sticks and rocks, can be FOD, but also, anything up to like wrenches and screwdrivers can also be fought. But Travis' case, it was a dingleberry, Ding- a, big, a big, big old bushel berries, <laughs> just a turd. But yeah, they uh, so yeah, so the hippos. We had a fence around the flight line, but the hippos pushed it down, and uh, we would have to go do a runway check every day before flying to make sure there was no wildlife on the runways. We had a problem with baboons. Yeah. We had a problem with crocodiles getting on the runway. That's like hitting a tree. On, on the yeah, that would that blow tires. Yeah, they'd get out there and sunbathe on the damn runway, and then uh, hippos would come out at night and they would shit all over the runway. So we'd have to go out there with snow shovels and shovel off the <laughs> runway. Jesus. So that, no, you're the only dudes using snow shovels in all of Ethiopia. Yeah, <laughs> and shovel off the the hippo shit off the runway. So yeah, that was that was a my wildlife wrangling and, and some people deployed and kicked indoors and other people deployed and deployed and shoveled shit with snow shovels yeah so <laughs> take that delta there's there's, <laughs> there's always uh, there's always those dirty yeah. jobs seal team six but it was fun we, we, we would chase the uh, hippos around at night on the in the bobtail or in the golf cart with a spotlight and yeah. chase them off the runway so aircraft could land <laughs> that's pretty cool but, um, okay, so going back, we're already off on a tangent. We're not oh, even yeah, 10 yeah. minutes into the video. No. The, uh, so, Bigfoot. They're, they, so, looking at some of the some of the, the history and the lore, you know, there's, there's tribes all over the world of, of natives that have some sort of story of an ape-man or ape-like type creature. And he's uh, always big. And it's, it, there's most of them are big, and the, the, the descriptions, depending on where you look, they're anywhere from from six to ten feet tall or bigger. But you know, it's it's crazy because even the um, there's uh, hieroglyphs or what they call petroglyphs in uh, in some of the native caves and on rocks in the in the western U.S. that depict a creature that some people would call a Bigfoot. And we'll stick a picture of this up on on the video. They're big, giant, hairy-looking creatures that these uh, indigenous uh, Americans uh, put on these cave paintings, and really nobody knows what they are. They're, they, some people say that they're they're gods or a depiction of a spirit, but it really looks like a Bigfoot. So it, uh, the, that kind of leaves it up in interpretation. 
But uh, out of, I think they said in the last 100 years, there's been over 10,000 Bigfoot sightings across the United States. And over half of them have been in the Pacific Northwest. In the, um, the Northwest United States and then the Southwest region of Canada and the uh, yeah Oregon Washington the panhandle of Idaho yeah uh, Yak Valley Montana up into British Columbia and that there uh, the, the vast majority of sightings is all kind of concentrated in that area but there are also sightings all over the Ozarks here in Arkansas and in Oklahoma there are sightings in Texas down in the swamps of Florida it's not a a, a, a one environment type of creature yeah. which is fitting because as we had stated in a previous episode mountain lions you can't pick a geographic location for a mountain lion because they're everywhere they're one of the from you know yeah, Alaska the- down to the southern tip of South America they can live in swamps they can live on mountains they can live in forests anywhere you want they like, yeah they not only do they survive they thrive so, I've, I've, and people say the Bigfoot ain't real because you haven't seen him. Man, I have spent more time in the woods than anybody I know, besides probably my father. I've seen one mountain lion. Well, and that's the thing too. Yeah, around here, there's been stories for years of mountain lions, and they know a hundred years ago mountain lions did live in Arkansas, but they've been. They said they were hunted out and they weren't here anymore. You, but I've heard stories for the last 20 years about mountain lions. Nobody had ever seen one. We had said that people say they heard them. Well, now, just in the last couple of years, people are starting to get them on their trail cameras, on their yeah. game cameras. And it's actually proved that, yeah, people are right. They were here and they're seeing mountain lions. So, and they're, they're an elusive creature too. So, I mean, people spend time in the woods and don't see them. The thing is, people are... People are noisy. People, when you go out in the woods, you know you're not you're not very. You think you might be being quiet, but you're not quiet. And beyond that, you stink. Like you may think the dove or whatever you rocking in the shower smells great, but to animals, they detect you and yeah. then they leave the area. So if you are wearing whatever axe, you know. Yeah, they're gonna smell you or hear you before and you they come go the other way, and you'll never even see them. So, for people to say that because you never see them, they don't see you, whatever, they ain't real? Yeah. You're wrong. So, there, there are several names for Bigfoot around the world. Now, Bigfoot in most of North America is, is just called Bigfoot. Right? Everybody knows the name Bigfoot. They, uh, they associate it, and Bigfoot has a, a following. I mean, there's a, you know, a monster truck named after Bigfoot. Yeah. But... Uh, also in North America, specifically the Pacific Northwest, they use the term Sasquatch, and that comes from the Salish Sasquit Native Americans. The Algonquin uh, that lived kind of in the uh, uh, central north of North America, yeah, they knew him as the Wittico or the Wendigo. Now, if you, I don't know if you've ever heard of Wendigo, but Wendigo is a big uh, Native American uh, fable, basically, I guess, if you, if you, oh, okay. if you want to call it that that he uh, follows you to your camp and steals your soul. Oh, okay. Yeah. uh, The Ojibwe of the Northern Plains called it the Regaroo. The uh, 
Pacific Northwest also called it the Skookum, which is uh, a term that my uncle still uses. He lives out in Washington. He calls it the Skookum. Um, in Missouri, they call it the Momo. In Australia, they have one called the Yowie. The Yowie, yeah. I saw that one, yeah. In the Himalayas, Bhutan, China, India, and Nepal, Russia, it's Yeti. Um, also in areas of China, they call it the Yeren. Uh, down in the Indonesia, Borneo, Sumatra, they call it the Orang Pendek. And the uh, uh, Bukit Timah Monkey Man in Singapore. Okay. Is, is what they call it. And the Japanese army that had kind of fought down there through the Asiatic War period yeah. into, into World War II, there were several reported sightings from Japanese soldiers. Really? I did not know that. Yes. Yeah. So the, the stories go back. You know, essentially prehistory up until today. And every nation, every environment, there's a story of a, a creature, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, one of the things that always comes to mind, because here in Arkansas, so in the southeast, uh, I think it's more predominant in like the, uh, the, the Mississippi Valley area in, uh, in Alabama. They, they had the story of the skunk ape. So what I had read was Skunk Ape is primarily the southeast. Yeah. But here in Arkansas, they actually have one specific uh, subgenre, maybe. Yeah. They call the Falk Monster. Oh yeah, the, in the in the Washita's on the Falk River. Yes. Down there, yeah. The um, the the thing I thought interesting about the Skunk Ape was it. Unrelated to Bigfoot in Florida right now, there is a group. I can't remember what species they are, but there was a, a group of uh, monkeys that I don't know if they escaped captivity. I don't know if they were part of a, a research program or if they were. Oh, I had read zoo. about. Th- I had read about this. But these monkeys, macaques. Are, they were macaques, okay. I believe. Well, they have uh, basically the the climate is ideal for them there in Florida where they're at. And they have thrived. They've reproduced. There's they're hundreds not, of them down there. boots. And uh, so the, there's a lot of scientists actually say that the, the southeast climate is very conducive to habitat well, for I mean, a primate. Have you been down to Florida, Georgia, Alabama well, you, area? It's very it's very jungle-like. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. If you go through one of the, uh, the airboat tours down in Louisiana and, and Mississippi where it's just jungle yeah like you said humid hot plenty of water plenty of cover and they and they and said food and food then there's no other than alligators you know there's not any large predators that could uh that could take out a a, a primate of decent size so they're saying even they a skunk ape may not be a bigfoot but it could be a, a group of chimpanzees or a group of gorillas that have escaped and because they said if they're living down there in the southwest they're going to stink and smell and yeah. you're gonna get that every, every person that down there does noticeable that the uh, the odor that they always talk. They say these skunk eggs, you could smell them like they've been there, and they rub up on trees and leave a smell and stuff. So it may not be Bigfoot, but it may legitimately be a a primate, a large yeah gorilla or it's not or, surprising yeah of some kind. And it's weird because you know a, a lot of uh, I don't I don't put a lot of credence into most stories. Most stories can be explained, but some some can't. Yeah. So when you when you come up with like you know I saw Bigfoot down here, it, 
NXT chimpanzee is like a pretty valid explanation. Like, yeah, and all right, like you wouldn't expect to see it. You probably see a fleeting glance. It's a yeah, big boat up looking. Well, and then and chimpanzees and gorillas have been known to, to walk upright for right. short distances. Yeah. Um, so it, I could see where something like that could be, especially if you're scared or if the lighting is is weird. If it's right, yeah. There's there's a million explanations. Yeah. But I I have to say in my in my own person because I I grew up going into the woods a lot and uh, not you know by as the crow flies miles not stupid far from the Pacific Northwest um, it's not that far-fetched to me the areas of there's an area up in Montana you gotta bring up Montana I always gotta bring it up it's it's the best place there's always a way to segue into Montana I'm, I'm gonna do it every episode <laughs> just get ready no there's there's a there's a, an area up there it's it's called the Dearborn Wilderness and the Dearborn Wilderness is the largest area in the lower 48 states without a road and it borders other areas that are technically a wilderness, like the scapegoat wilderness. Yeah. So you get to several hundred, well, thousands of square miles that there's no road. They're like, you're hiking in, there is uh, an, uh, an airstrip up there called Schaefer Meadows that you can fly into. But I mean, it's not an airport. It's an airstrip. It's it's a dirt runway. It's like you're still in the fucking woods. Um, yeah, it's still like twenty miles from anything. Yeah, like, like you're 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 in the shit. Like as soon as you land and get out of your plane, you're in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, you're not. It's not Delta. You uh, you're you're in it. Um, but anyway, there's 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 more bears in there. And I, and I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. There's more bears in there than any other part of the United States outside of Alaska. Um, there is, in, of course, British Columbia, uh, Yukon territories that are more heavily populated by bears. But when you get into the, they call it the Bob up there. When you get in, you can sit down like on a hillside or whatever and just glass with your binoculars and you will see several bears yeah like they're all over there's uh, more bears in that area than people <laughs> well yeah yeah sad yeah. so sadly if you're a hiker you're you, you stand a good chance to get your, your leg chewed on that just shows though how pl- there are still places you know you think of the united states and you think that how you think of places like new york city or los angeles where you know there's millions of people but there's also places in the u.s that there are absolutely no people and you take that wilderness like that, where there's literally more grizzly bears than there are people. You know that that's a place where a an animal that could possibly go undiscovered. Well, the big argument that I've always heard is, how many times have you? And I and I have spent more hours in the woods than anybody I know. How many dead bears have I come across? None. Yeah, no. I've never come across a dead bear, but I know bears exist because I've seen live bears. I've yeah. seen a lot of fucking live bears. You don't, like, even, you might find, you just think of how many deer there are. You, I've seen, I've seen a dead, a deer skull every once in a while, but even deer. Just go down the road, they're all over. Well, yeah, right next to the road. <laughs> but out, out in the wilderness, you know, if, if something dies in the woods, within a few days, it gets eaten by something. There's scavengers of all yeah. kinds and all shapes and sizes. 
that take mm-hmm. care of that thing. And that's how the kind of circle of life and the nature goes. So the argument, I think, for not finding a dead body is kind of moot because... Well, beyond that, there is also a standing rumor that big feet, maybe, is <laughs> what it's pronounced? Yeah. I don't know. Bigfoots? Sasquatches, uh, that they bury their dead. Yeah, I've um, heard that, yeah. And, and there are, as, as much as you can skepticize this, uh, humans are not the only animals that bury their dead. There are documented cases of primates burying dead. There are documented cases of elephants burying their dead. There are also documented cases of dogs burying their dead. Really? I did not yes. know that. That yes. is... Now, there's also argument that the dog are just burying their dead to eat later. <laughs> but, I mean, they still bury them. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, so, I mean, there's... I think, too, there it's... There's more that we don't know than what we do know. And trying to make any kind of concrete conclusions is the wrong idea. Because the possibility is always going to be there. Yeah. I, uh, growing up, and still till this day, criticize all you want, my biggest fear in the world is Bigfoot. So I grew up up in the woods a lot. I camped all the time with my dad. And uh, my, my dad's a big dude. He's, he's like 6'5" probably 250-260 he's uh, he's got relatively long hair it's like shoulder length hair he's got a beard and uh, my dad always growing up used to wear this sweatshirt that he got I remember when he bought it he bought it in the Yellowstone National Park one of the gift shops it's a big brown hairy shirt it's it's, <laughs> it's red but it's faded red so like it's, oh, kind, yeah. it's kind of brownish now and uh my dad and I, you know, we, we would always go fishing when I was growing up. And I remember times like coming on a river bend and seeing my dad like downstream fishing and be like, yeah. for a fleeting moment, my dad, my dad became Bigfoot. Ah, that, so like I said, my dad's 6'5". Like he, when he walks through the woods, he lumbers. Yeah. So I can see where somebody who uh, saw him for a moment could say, I saw him. Yeah, you just think of somebody. Yeah. I saw Ron. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see somebody that's wearing camo or uh, a set of coveralls or something like that. They may, they may look like that. And I think, and I think really, I think the vast majority of the sightings are something like that. False identity. You know, there's um, there's there's always the way to explain that like it's a bear or a yeah some other animal or even seeing another person. And I think most of the encounters, people's imaginations get the better of them seeing that. Like you're saying, you, you see a glance and you see your dad in the distance, even though you know that's your dad. Yeah. For, for, that, for, split a, second. for that moment, it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And so, my, my question is, now, today, we all have camera phones. We all have some way of, of taking a picture or recording, whatever. Why are there all these blurry pictures? Well, do you attribute it to adrenaline? Like no one's taking that moment to, you know, two fingers zoom in. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that could be a lot because they always say, we we were talking about a while ago, you know, they smell you or see you coming and so they're running away. So maybe that's part of the, the, you know, a Bigfoot sees you or hears you coming. So we're only getting a split second chance to even to take that photograph. So maybe 
just those fleeting seconds trying to get a phone up or trying to get a camera up. I, I try to take pictures of my dogs. Yeah. And they all come up blurry. Yeah, because they're constantly moving. Animals don't sit still. No. Um, but, you know, we was talking uh, a few weeks ago about a hunting trip. We may have to make sure we take some good camera equipment with us. We'll have to record a podcast while we're on the hunting trip. We're planning an elk hunt. And, but we might have to see if we can catch Bigfoot on camera. And I'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. I want to stay the fuck I'll, I'll bring some game cameras and we'll set up some camera traps. I'm I'm going to Denny's. Going to Denny's. <laughs> you don't want to sit out there and make some big I calls? I don't want to meet big. So I'm going to tell you guys a story. And it's about me, me as a little kid. And uh, when I was a little kid, my dad's house is a, a typical Billings, Montana house. Like there's a basement, there's a... The walk-in room. I don't know, it's not upstairs, but a main room, a main floor, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Um, the basement doesn't count on the square footage, so it's like a fucking, technically like a nine hundred square foot house, right? Like it's just, it's, just, it's a normal. Yeah. Whatever. And I used to when I got into junior high, I moved downstairs. But up until then, I stayed upstairs. And I used to have this fucking same nightmare over and over <laughs> and over. And there was there used to be this show on TV. It was called Tales from the Dark Side. Have you seen it? I saw that. That was creepy. There's the intro, the, like the, the music yes, and stuff. That's that what one. I was in, the intro where everything is like these black and white, like ash colored trees. And, and the dude had like a really ominous, like creepy voice wah, too. Wah, yeah. Wah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, so I had this. Like a I used to have this dream. There's a place, and it's a. Uh, I don't know, 12, 15 miles east of Billings. It's called Huntley. It's a town. Probably not even that. Probably 8, 10 miles. But anyway, there's a dam out there called Huntley Diversion Dam. And I yeah. used to go fishing there when I was a kid for, for these fish called Ling. And they're like a freshwater cod. Okay, yeah. But anyway, we used to go out. We, we used to fish for one night. And I used to have this dream, nightmare, that my dad and I would be out there and we'd be fishing. And it was like a third-person view. And it was like Bigfoot would come in from the back and like push the trees to the side. Oh man! And like walk up, and me and my dad are facing the riverbank. Yeah. And he would just walk up behind us, and all the trees looked like the trees from that show from the intro. Yeah. And then I would wake up. Oh man! So so do you think uh, so you think you had these dreams when you were a kid because of you heard other stories and like they freaked you out. Uh, I honestly, I watched a lot of National Geographic. Yeah, and a lot of Discovery Channel as a kid. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. I've always been kind of a the the Jack Hanna yeah, yeah. I was a nerdy kid. Yeah, so like I I watched a lot of these shows growing up, and I got it in my head that the shit was real, and it is. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, uh, I I just I I I, I guess I would have these nightmares, whatever, and. Uh, and I, I specifically remember one time when I woke up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I had to pee and I walked to my door, my, my, my bedroom door, my dad's bedroom door and the bathroom door were right here, right? And I remember like coming from my bed and going around the corner of the door and looking out and the kitchen was over here. Yeah. And the kitchen was those trees. Oh, no. <laughs> from, from Tales from the Dark Side. And I ran back and I pissed my bed. <laughs> So I'm not going in that. And I was like 17. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Was like, that was last week, wasn't it? <laughs> you went there to visit. <laughs> yeah, 
before I got up today. Yeah. No, it was it was I was like probably eight, nine, whatever. Oh and, man. Uh, yeah. That, so anyway, that's crazy how like you know when you're a kid, you know your imagination can can really get the better of you sometimes like that. Yeah, absolutely. The, I think I had my. Mine wasn't Bigfoot when I was a kid. It was aliens, I think. I was going to get abducted by aliens. And that's a whole other episode, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll that. go down that route. You know, that might be like three episodes. I yeah. could go all day on aliens, I think. What if there's... What if they're related? Okay, Maybe so... that And I'll just, I'll just make this statement, because I don't really have feel much merit in it, because... But if you've, if you've seen the, the uh, History Channel series, Ancient Aliens... I, th- I, thought actually, I thought it was a really good series, probably the first two seasons, and then it really went off the deep end. But they actually had an episode where they said Sasquatch or Bigfoot was an alien. And I think that's a little far-fetched. I'd rather, I'd rather believe that Bigfoot is an or, actual... Organic. Uh, actual Earth primate yeah. that hasn't been discovered versus some alien. Because, I mean, maybe, maybe Wookiees do exist. And... Uh, <laughs> And maybe that was Chewbacca out there that they saw running around in the woods, but I, I think the ancient aliens went a little too far when they associated Bigfoot with it. Dude. And I'll just leave that right there. <laughs> but the one dude's got such great hair. But yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to get into the uh, portion of our show where we talk about Bigfoot sightings, of which there are tens of thousands of Bigfoot sightings around the world. And of course, like we said, there are a million names. We're going to stick with Bigfoot because it's the most common. Uh, but also, you know, several companies have based their name on this. Well, it's, be- it's became a whole industry, really. It has. You know, you got Bigfoot monster trucks. You got Yeti coolers. You got the uh, the Harry the Henderson's movie was made. Oh, John Lithgow. Good job, yeah. man. That was one of his. That was like one of his first big movies that he came. I think my dog looks kind of like yeah Harry. So <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's a industry now, I think, too. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna drink this Bigfoot barley wine barley wine style ale. Uh, Travel put the uh, the label up for you guys. Yeah, so uh, it's from uh, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. So the a lot of the sightings come from this Sierra Nevada uh, mountain range in uh, in uh, Northern California, and also in the you know Pacific Northwest as well. So actually the. Fit. The most the most uh, famous sighting ever of Bigfoot uh, comes from, and it's a it's a very famous film actually. It's called the the, the Patterson Gimlin film. It's from a, a little place in California, Northern California, called Bluff Creek, yeah. uh, in 1967. Uh, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin were a couple of buddies, and they were uh, on horseback, and they were up in the woods in California, and they were actually. As luck would have it, uh, trying to film a Bigfoot documentary. Yeah, and uh, I think that's where some of the the skeptics came into play with this film, is because they said they were that's what they were there to film. And so how lucky or how coincidental it could be for them to film that. But when you get into some of the details of that, it we'll get into some more details. You, you here can argue both sides for yeah. sure. So so uh, Roger Patterson. Um, well, I'll say this: uh, frame three three fifty two is the famous of is the most famous image of Bigfoot ever taken, and it's been analyzed and analyzed and analyzed, and no one can prove that it it is a hoax. I mean, and we'll put this and, we'll put this 
this picture up of that frame of the video. There's 59 seconds of video that they recorded. If you look at the picture without us saying anything and without, you know, you ever watching a show about it, you see it, you see a brown, whatever, hairy animal. But I will, I will break this down for you. There, there are several analysts that have looked at this picture and yeah, it was on like, I don't know, fucking eight mil tape or whatever it was. Yeah, and but there's been, um, see the good, the good thing now was the way technology has advanced, they have taken this video and enhanced it and, and broke it down frame by frame and had special effects uh, experts review the video, costume experts, um, even anthropologists and, and primate experts review this video and it still has not to this day been debunked. What, what they, one of the things that is the most telling in it and, and also something that not only is hard to fake but something that would take somebody with a, a very uh, imaginative mind to come up with is the animal has a mammary gland, has a, it has a breast, which most Bigfoot people don't even, that's not even in their, in their imagination is, is that we're going to show a female Bigfoot with a breast. Yeah. And, and they, this Patterson-Gimlin film shows... And, and they said right off the bat that there was a female. They called it Patty for... I mean, I think it was short for yeah, Patterson. for but, Patterson, yes. But they, uh, they right off from the get-go said it was a female Bigfoot or female Sasquatch that they saw based off of that. So, so Roger Patterson died in can, of cancer in 1972. The guy, the guy didn't have a chance to defend himself. Yeah. But Bob, and and he was known as as kind of a prankster as a uh, yeah a uh, you know he, he he liked to go for the the big stories whatever the guy you know he was he was adventurous we'll say yeah but Bob Gimlin on the other hand was kind of just an everyday guy but was very well known as being a straight shooter an honest person uh, not someone to to spin a tall tale. Uh, and Gimlin has, till this day, denied ever being part of any hoax. Yeah. He, he, uh, if he, he has said if, if Roger Patterson was playing a hoax on him, he took uh, a lot of liberty in that risk because they were both carrying guns. Yeah. They were both, you know, they, they were, it, it would have been a stupid fucking move to wear a giant ape suit in the woods when someone's standing there with a rifle. Well, yeah. The, the, like, that's not a, you don't do that. And that would have been a pretty elaborate ruse to carry out if Patterson was in on it and Gimlin wasn't. Yeah. So sorry guys, I got a call from my dad. We have to pause for a second. Uh, so back to the Patterson Gimlin film. Um, it's been analyzed by everybody from Universal Studios to Nike. Yeah. And there's a, a consensus opinion that. It could be faked, but it would be so extremely elaborate to do that. And to not only do it now, today, but to do it with 1967 technology. So you would have to create a, a new, a whole new type of suit yeah. to wear. The Planet of the Apes movies didn't compete. No, nothing competed with the, the muscle tone and the movement and the natural gait of the creature in the in the film um nike 
as I stated, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, one of the fuck. Talking about like the uh, the suit, or if it was if it was a suit, uh, the Planet of the Apes movie, the the famous one was the original Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston. It came out a couple years after this film was filmed, and we'll stick a picture of some of these costumes up from that Planet of the Apes movie that they were kind of cheesy looking compared and this is a, a movie with a very large production budget that could spend the money on making these yeah. costumes correctly and so the costume experts of that time have had never seen this this realism in, in a in a suit or a costume before so that lends more credence to it could be possibly real just from the way this animal, this creature in the film moved. Yeah, Gordon Valiant was the guy's name that worked for Nike. He was one of their lead shoe designers. And he, he you know, they spend all their damn money analyzing people's feet because they predominantly make shoes. And he said that whatever creature it was made completely unhuman movements. Well, in that they, yeah, because they had a um, uh, kinesiology doctorate. Uh, analyzed the gait and the movements and they said it, it looked natural and it looks like steps from they even um, when they took pictures they they took another film of the the footprints themselves and the footprints were shaped in a way that were looked like they carried the proper load it wasn't like somebody wearing a, a big shoe or whatever so so people always say well it's amazing that these guys went to go film a documentary on Bigfoot and found Bigfoot but it makes sense if you think about it in a way that they went to where there had been these Bigfoot sightings yeah. shortly before that, and then they found Bigfoot. So yeah, if, if you're a documentary filmmaker, if you're a war correspondent, whatever, you go where the action is. They showed up there and they... They went to an area where, yeah, there had been numerous sightings before. Yeah, so you can say, yeah, they faked it, whatever, but you... What you can also say, if, if you're a proponent of their film... They went where the area where the guy was and said, "Oh shit, here he is." Yeah, like, and it was it was a fifty three second clip, I believe, is 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 all they got. But it it was, it's the most important piece of Bigfoot evidence in history. One other thing that really caught my eye with that that film, and for YouTube, we might be able to try to put a clip, the actual video of this, up on YouTube so you can see it. But one of the things that really stood out to me was uh, the sunlight hitting the fur on this suit. And if you looked at any kind of animals... He and, calls it a suit. It's not. It's the flesh. Not a suit. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, see the, you see the sunlight hitting this animal or this, this creature, whatever you want to call it. You know, if you look at another animal, even a gorilla in, in nature, like take it, for instance, a, a silverback gorilla, you know, their hair is kind of a dark color but then when the sunlight hits it it shines that gray yeah. silver color you get a shine from the sunlight hitting it this this video and this creature when it moved through that clearing and the sunlight hit it in certain areas you could get a sheen from the fur on the and in and a, in a back then too the synthetic hair or fibers or whatever they yeah, used would they, would they say dylon or something was the name of the 
it, you could not create that Whatever same thing roof. they said was possibly it, and it's just not. Yeah, and, and if sunlight hit that, it was still like a matte color. It wouldn't reflect and, and shine in the sun like a natural hair would. So, and then also the, the way the animal moved, you could actually pick out... I really looked at the, the thighs and the calves of this when it was walking. You could actually see muscles flex and, and, and bend in the video they zoomed in on it and you could actually see their muscles of the legs i was move. looking i was looking at the tit yeah <laughs> so i mean it and then a lot of the costume experts are saying you know that that hair would have to be glued to your skin in order to be able to the see way that it flowed right to, yeah to be able to see muscle movement and muscle flex and tone through the fur like you look at a racehorse even though they're covered with hair yeah the way that their muscles you move. can see their muscles flex and move and that's how this this animal or this this depiction in this film it actually you could see it's it's muscles through the hair on the so it, it's so let me ask you this do you believe that bigfoot yeti whatever you want to call it is an aggressive creature no i think if it's aggressive it, i mean there is uh, so there's another altercation we can get into here in a little bit too after this but i think for the most part no you even think of um, animal like even a grizzly bear most of the time they want to be left alone and, and yeah the grizzly attacks happen but usually it's because a human has came in and got into their territory or provoked it in some way and usually grizzlies are solitary creatures that keep to themselves usually mm -hmm. people don't even run into them so I think true. I think it's a type of creature that doesn't seek out any kind of uh, altercations anyway. It's just like what are, what are your opinions on, on the diet law of pass? I don't know. If I know about that one. You do. It's the Russian. Oh, the Russian one. That one. I don't know about that one because that one I think leans more towards aliens than Bigfoot. Really? Yeah, because of the radiation and stuff they found. They did find radiation on the clothes. Yeah. One of the theories is a yeti attack. And I think it's it's possible because they. What about a yeti alien? A yeti alien. That's the whole ancient aliens is, yeah. is right with that. Yeah. Yeah, they got it right. We'll have to do. Let's do a show on that because that oh, just on that whole. Just on that episode. Oh, I'm down. Because that was a creepy story, and I think it. I think my, that deserves uh, its own uh, show. My, uh, my dad. My dad read the whole book about it. Because I'm a book. I'm a book nerd. I read a lot of shit, so I'll, I'll, I'll read the book and then I'll do it. That is a very interesting story, and, it, and that there's uh, there's. A lot of information to cover in that, so I think that deserves. There is, some, yeah. yeah. That's so. like, yeah, we'll do that one. That's a good one. We'll drink vodka. Oh yeah, that's fucking oh, with more of that pickle vodka, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm down, but I'm down to Blake. Blake Shelton, you're based here in Fort Smith. Give us some of your vodka, bro. We need to go to. Uh, we need to do a, a tour of Smith Works, and maybe old Blake. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I like it. Can give us a. Let's do that. Let's, let's get on the Bigfoot one before. And we'll, yeah. Blake, we'll hit you up. Yeah, we'll be looking for our message. We'll hit you up on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so, are we still on the Patterson film? I think I think we pretty much covered that. I think we covered it. It is a very compelling film. Well, the thing film. is, it's not disputable. Like, it's, it, you can come up with these off-the-cuff disputes, but when you break it down to the science of, of what was going on in that, you can't, you can't come up with one thing that, that says it's not true. You, you can say all you want, well, likely, whatever... But you just can't disprove it. I think the main thing with me is with that film, there are experts that are way more qualified than I am that have analyzed this video 
backwards and forwards, frame by frame. And if they can't discredit it, and if they can't say it's a hoax, then I think it it could be definitely plausible for it to be an authentic video. If if the world experts in this stuff can't say it's fake, then who am I to say it's fake? Well, so Bob Gimlin has just recently going uh, started going to these Bigfoot conferences and telling this yeah, story. Yeah, for years he didn't want to have any part of it. No, because it bothered him, and I I get it. Like, yeah. I, I do. I, I just think like like some people want celebrity. Obviously, we have a YouTube channel. We want your celebrity. Yeah. But Bob doesn't, and he wanted to be left alone. And that and usually those those are the type of people I'd let, I tend to believe more. The ones that can't, aren't wanting the notoriety for can't it. Believe shit we say. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're just spreading rumors. We're yeah. not starting. Yeah. yeah. Ghosts are real. Things are real. So yeah, um, I mean, there is. I think I think. Come on. To date, it's probably the most credible, or one of the most credible sources. There is there's another film, um, and I can't remember. I think it was. I don't so this is mayhem, by the way. There and going going to another continent of uh, in the Himalayas. Did you see the one? I think it was the. I think it was a military helicopter or a um, they were flying over a mountain pass and there was a just plain like fresh fallen snow not a single and they had the footsteps and the big footprints yeah. through the snow I did on see the, on that I did see that yes. yeah and they followed them for miles to like 18,000 feet yeah and then they were like whoa yeah and then because in these footprints they could see them from the air they were and they, they, I think they even analyzed the strides, and it was like, you know, forty inch strides yeah. or something like that. And it had to be a really tall like person, way beyond a normal human being's foot stride. Yeah, and I think they said the snow was, you know, a few feet deep in that area too. So it would have to take in a tall person to be able to, to just to wade through that snow like yeah. that too. Uh, there and because so, and I think I don't think that video has ever had been debunked either. So. There's some a few com- compelling videos out there that kind of well, look. and the, just just the fact to me anyway, just the fact that you have all these different nationalities, different tribes, thousands of miles apart, all somewhat coming up to the same yeah basic explanation. But yeah, they all have a, a, a pretty similar story, and. I think that's what lends a lot more toward it as well because you got these people that really back in you know 100 years ago had no way of communicating with each other and and now they have similar stories so it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible well I mean the, the Pacific Northwest is the most uh, obviously the most famous for us but you, you look at cultures all over the world Indonesia Russia. Yeah. Australia, which is, you know, there's our ab- aborigines that go back, but pretty recently settled by a white man. Yeah. You know, pre- it was a prison island. It's, it's just interesting to me that there's, you, if you look at the, the Bering Land Bridge and Pangea and everything, ev- yeah. You can't argue with evolution, and and the fact that everything kind of took a similar timeline. 
Well, talking about the the Bering Land Bridge, that brings up a another another story or a a possibility of what Bigfoot could be. Before we get into that, do we want to review our Sierra Nevada Bigfoot? Oh yeah, I would like to because this is a this is pretty damn good. It's a barley wine, which I am not even a hundred percent sure what a barley one is. This is Bigfoot uh, barley wine style ale by Sierra Nevada. Uh, it's from Chico, California, and also brewed in Mills River, North Carolina. Uh, it is a it's a it's a fucking strong beer, guys. It's a nine point six percent alcohol by volume, which is yeah, a far cry above what we normally drink. So on the back it says, extreme in the 80s and a force of flavor today, Bigfoot is a timeless beast of a beer, forever tracked for its enormous malt body and sheer hop intensity. Drink it fresh or cellar each year's ex- expedition to unleash a world of new flavors over time. Um, and it, it, I can definitely get the, the hop intensity. It's got the bitter hop. It is, after. but it's not It's not like a punch. The, I'm not going to lie to you guys. The, the bat squash was a little bit of a punch to the throat. The, the, the grapefruit was... Well, I'm, I'm getting the bitter hops on this. And then the, the bat squash was more sweet with the citrus. Yeah. Um, this, this, is, this just has a cool-ass label. I do like it, yeah. It's a miner with a mule... And Bigfoot peeking out of the trees. We'll show it on the on the video. Oh yeah. And, and speaking of miners, so there's another. You used asking about the uh, if you thought you know if it was a violent creature or not. There is a story of a. Uh, it says it's from 1924. And it was the. It's referred to as the Battle of Ape Canyon. And uh, this sounds like a movie. Yeah. Uh, and it says that. Um, let's see here. There's a story of miners being attacked by a large hairy ape man that uh, threw rocks onto their cabin roof from a nearby cliff after one of the miners allegedly allegedly shot one with a rifle. And this comes in from... uh, No, that's a different one. But yeah, so in 1924, they said uh, uh, an ape was... or an ape man was throwing rocks at him. Uh, there was there back in the old West days when Montana had just recently become a state. Montana became a state in 1889, and there were stories of the original railroads. Yeah, and they used to have like railroad camps, right? Like yeah. where guys would overnight maintenance guys were, your, your workers were. Yeah, and they caught a juvenile Bigfoot named Jocko. Really? They named it Jocko. They named it. Yeah. It is that where is that where Jocko Willink got his uh got his name? He looks very Yeti-like. He does so look like a Bigfoot. <laughs> Jocko, you're a... A beast. Stout motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but I, I, don't, I honestly don't know where, where he got his name, but there was a juvenile supposed Bigfoot caught up in Montana. I believe it was near Livingston. Okay. And they named it Jocko. And they basically kept it as a railroad pet for... Did he help them drive spikes or carry cross ties? I think they just kept him chained up and like threw stuff at him. <laughs> people are people are terrible. Like we fuck with anything. That reminds me of a story. We'll have to do a whole another episode on this on military history. There was a Polish uh, army unit in World War II that had a pet bear as an artillery unit, and the bear actually helped carry ammunition. Like carried that's artillery a tough, shells. That's a, that's a tough motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, well, that's it's a crazy story. We'll have to get into that. That's yeah. that deserves that because it, yeah, the guys they, they would drink beer and smoke cigarettes. Well, oh Jesus! <laughs> Imagine a drunk bear. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, they uh, they're supposedly they had a pet railroad Bigfoot named Jocko, and uh, that's awesome. It is, but it would also be like it's sad. Well, yeah, I mean, like I'd rather not have a pet. Bigfoot, I'd like to have a, a friend, Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, like Huck, Huck is my dog, but I think he's more my friend than he is. Well, like, like Harry in the Hendersons. He could just come and go. Yeah. Like, hey, Harry. Great fucking movie. You know, it's like, come, yeah. come visit. We'll have a barbecue. Yeah. Just don't take my deer heads off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like Harry did and bury them in the backyard. I did want to tell you guys a story. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen videos online or on TV or whatever of the sound clips of Bigfoot. Yeah, there's uh, a few different... There's uh, screams. Communication techniques that you yeah. have. The screams, the grunts, the howls. So I, I watched a video on... I, I think it was Animal Planet years ago. And it was of uh, these, these screams that were uh, studied... With their harmonics, their their vocal uh, range, whatever you have, you know you want to call it, but uh, they said that it was not producible in the human range. Yeah, like human vocal cords cannot produce the same sounds. And as I was watching that, I was actually sitting with a dude who was my stepbrother at the time. My, my mom and his dad have since divorced, but. Uh, his name was also Zach, by the way. And what is it with you finding all these people, Zach? That I don't know, man. I, I we all we we uh, kind of congregate together, huh? We, yeah, we uh, we flock. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Zach Baggins guy was in the news this week. I can't remember what it was for, but there was something fabricating. Oh yeah, those stories. I'm sure. <laughs> motherfucker. Um, you want to hear a funny story? I, earlier today, I went to Walmart, and a lady turned to me and said. I was in the cheese section, and the lady said, you're not Zach, and I said, yes I am. <laughs> and she, she looked confused and said, your name is Zach, and I said, yeah. And she said, well, so is my son's, and you're not him. I said, I'm definitely not your son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But that really did happen, that happened earlier today. Oh, I, was buying, I was buying shredded cheese to make fucking tortillas out of. But I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she totally caught her off guard. <laughs> So you're talking about vocalizations, though. Yeah, but well, Zach had told me when, as we were watching this show, and they were going through these these recordings that they had, and he, and the dude, straight shooter, uh, honest person, he got kind of a weird look, and I was like, "What's up?" And he said, "I was camping with my cousins about a Great Falls, and we heard that same sound in the woods, That's and crazy. nobody knew what it was." Yeah. And I was, and I, I believe the guy because he wasn't, he's not a liar. Well, uh, and talking about sounds, um, if you've ever seen, I think it was on the History Channel, or it might have been Discovery Channel, uh, Les Stroud, the Survivor Man yeah, show. Yeah. Uh, that dude was uh, on the up and up. You know, you hear the, the stories about like Bear Grylls and him going off and faking stuff in the woods. Yeah, but, but, but in all honesty, I got the guy the benefit of the doubt because I know he probably stayed in, in hotels and everything. But I watched that man on video drink R- Michelle Rodriguez's heated piss 
I, well, I mean, I saw him squeeze liquid out of elephant shit and drink it. Yeah, too, so, so if man. the guy wants to stay at a fucking holiday in between filming... That's fine with me. You do, you do you, bro. I give you the benefit of the doubt. You did whatever they showed on camera. I got mad respect for that. Well, so uh, going back to Les Stroud, though, he was famous on his Survivor Band show for, if you haven't seen it, he would take a camera equipment and go out in the wilderness by himself and survive. And it was, it was seven days was his thing he would pretend he was stranded somewhere and it would be a different scenario every week yeah i had to survive it and uh but he would do all the filming alone and he would actually be in the wilderness in the middle of nowhere by himself for a week and he said there were several occasions filming in uh in canada and quebec quebec pacific northwest guess he what he is canadian um but he had and he spent probably the majority of his life in the woods and in, in, in the wilderness. Yeah. And so he knows what a bear sounds like. He knows what a wolf sounds like, you know. And he said he would, at times, he heard vocalization from some sort of animal that he did not know what it was and he had never heard before. So you got something like that coming from a guy like him saying, I heard this noise from an animal and it sounded like a language or a vocalization that he had was totally unidentifiable so that, that kind of makes you think there's a uh uh out in out in washington um what's the base in fairchild yeah air force base is is uh outside of spokane washington and that's where air force uh seer is which is survival school uh, i think they have different levels of it too like they, they have well, the they, pilot seer training and then they have like the Soft, seriously. Yeah, and and it, and it, it's it's guys who are who are uh, uh, pararescue, combat control yeah. guys who are getting who are getting to assigned to like the twenty fourth STS, which is like the Air Force uh, arm of of JSOC, which is uh, Joint Strategic Operational Command. Uh, it's 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 the hardest of the hardcore from the Air Force side. They get assigned to to that squadron. But the the oh yeah right, so uh, they all go through SEER, which is survival school, uh, out at Fairchild Air Force Base, out of outside of Spokane, and I was uh, overseas with a guy, a gentleman who was a retired Chief Master Sergeant, which is an Air Force E nine, and his son was a SEER instructor, and. Uh, uh, a lot of this, the uh, special operations units uh, will get a SEER guy attached to them. And it's, you know, they, they just... They're like continuation training so they can continually hone their skills for yeah survival and invasion. So we, we were out in Afghanistan. And me and uh, Roger, the, the guy who I'm talking about, we, we were down at Kandahar Airfield. And his son just so ha- just so happened to be deployed to Bagram, and his son caught a flight down on a day off, and decided just hanging out with his dad. I mean, what a cool thing to hang out with your dad in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we we were chilling, just shooting the shit, and we all met his kid, and his kid was super nice guy, uh, very cool, very very uh, personable guy. He told us about a, a thing that I had never heard of at the time, but I did research later on. How those guys would go up and they would 
you know, they would kill a deer or kill a rabbit or whatever to have to survive and yeah. you know, they eat the meat, whatever. But many times out on Fairchild Air Force Base, which is a very large base, and they would go in there and they would be miles away, like where you could not get heavy equipment in. You couldn't, like, there's just no fucking way. But they would find pine trees that were uprooted. Oh, yeah. And then buried top first back in the ground. So the roots were the top sticking out. Wow. Which he said was a Bigfoot thing. And I had never heard this. I had never... Like they're marking their their territory. But if you look it up online, and feel free to do this, it's a very common... Find a tree pulled out of the ground and stuck back in the ground upside down. And he said that there's not... You know, these would be like 20 to 30 foot tall trees. That's a... Okay, think of it this way though too. So, let alone the fact how hard it is to uproot a tree that is that size, but also if you've ever planted a tree, a 20 to 30 foot tall tree weighs hundreds of pounds of pounds. Like possibly even close to a ton. You would have to be a strong motherfucker to be able to first uproot that tree and then to be able to lift it and pick it up and replant it. Flip it it upside down. Yeah. And shove it where the sun don't shine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that takes some strength. Yeah. That... Well, and, and they say a chimpanzee, to think about it this way, you know, I'm 265 pounds. A chimpanzee is like at, at the biggest 180 pounds, I think. Yeah. Something like that. And they are still five to six times stronger, they say, than, than an adult, than human. adult human. Yeah. So even though a chimp is smaller than me, he's five times stronger than me. Well, so now what if you got an eight foot tall? Yeah. Uh, ape of some kind. Some, How strong a big, is he? A big bald testosterone motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he might be able to bench press a thousand pounds and pull a tree out of the ground. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's, and, that, and that's what the, they said. Like, there's no getting the tractor up there. And there's no... You know, you don't, you don't, you're not going to pack in with fucking shovels. No. But that's what they said. How long it take to dig the a guys, tree out of the ground with a The guys that, that go through this are... You know, they're they're... They're special operators. They're the toughest motherfuckers. Yeah, if you got one of the toughest guys on the planet that is nervous about being somewhere like that, I, I take a little bit of that with uh, a little bit of heatance or whatever you want to call that. I mean, like, yeah, uh, yeah, you, you got to be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. and those guys are more aware than anybody else. And if they got to say that, hey, this, you know, this tree is upside down in the dirt. I mean, what what in, in what and, and motivation do they have to? Yeah, there's there's no reason to lie. These men have all gone through background checks and security clearances. Yeah, like there's no reason to to fib. Yeah. So okay, I think that's a good spot to segue into. I guess this would be our final segment for the for the show, and one theory for Bigfoot that is actually I think very plausible is Bigfoot may actually be a known animal that is known to science. Like a grizzly? Not necessarily, no, not a grizzly. Uh, An actual primate that was thought to have went to extinct. Gigantopithecus. Gigantopithecus. And that's a mouthful too, especially when you've been drinking. A lot lot, lot of letters in there. Gigantopithecus. Uh, So this is a, a known primate and it was 
uh, discovered in Asia. And the fossil record, the fossil record proves that this thing did exist. Did exist. They have and uh, may still. It coexisted with modern man. Exactly. Which they, is the important point. The 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 common acceptance right now from science is that it went extinct somewhere around three hundred thousand years ago. But they say modern humans were around up to a million years ago or, or farther. So it did actually coexist with humans at some point. But as as we know right now, Gigantopithecus was a large gorilla like primate that what did they say up to nine feet tall? They said uh, nine to, to ten and a half feet tall. It's a big bastard. It was uh, up to twelve hundred pounds. So they say it was the size of a grizzly bear. A, a like a Kodiak, though. Not, not yeah, a, not a an inland Yellowstone grizzly. But they put so, up a big fucking grizzly. So they they so they imagine they say it was looked like a cross between a gorilla and an orangutan because they think it had like a orangish brown fur, uh, and that it was ten feet tall, over a thousand pounds, uh, and that so they say the modern like a modern uh, um, mountain gorilla, Congo gorilla that uh, like a silverback like yeah. you see. Like a big one is four hundred pounds. So imagine a an ape-like gorilla that is three times the size of a modern gorilla. Well, think about our our stories about uh, Andre the Giant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, but the thing is though too that so this this gorilla this uh, primate actually existed, and they actually they found bones and fossils of this animal, so it really did exist. And it matches closely with DNA of modern orangutans. So they think modern orangutans uh, is an offshoot of this primate. And uh, so <clears throat> some that some that evolved, uh, not necessarily <coughs> something that it, not, not something that we came from, but something that evolved. Well, there there's a chart that I saw that and it showed in, in almost a parallel. Yeah. The, um, and I'll put this picture up there because I found a chart with this. Um, you, you have gorillas and chimpanzees and bonobos that are like on the human branch of like they say of evolution. But, but they say orangutans and other primates are on a separate branch. Like they have enough diversity where they're a separate species. Or not species, yeah. like, but separate in, in their genetic diversity. And they said orangpendic, or not orangpendic, Gigantopithecus was on this branch with orangutans. And they say, so the species that spawned chimpanzees and gorillas and humans was one branch, and then Gigantopithecus did spawn off orangutans, but there's no nothing to say that another branch of a humanoid-like primate could have spawned off of Gigantopithecus. And we were talking about the Bering Land Bridge before. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, you know, humans, they say that's how humans inhabited North America and all the way down to South America as they came across the Bering Strait when it yeah. was uh, during the Ice Age. And they're saying that these large, very large primates may have inha- moved across and inhabited part of North America during well, the Ice Age. It's interesting when you look at the way horses evolved. Yeah. You know, horses. Horses originally came from here. Yeah, 
And they moved the other way towards Russia. Yep. And into Asia and, and down into Africa. They and actually then, went extinct here. And then they came, yeah, and then Spanish, the Spaniards brought them back. Brought them back, yeah. So they, they went. And, th- and that's the same way camels evolved, too. Yeah. Camels originally are a North American there animal was, and then moved there and then became extinct here. Yeah. So to me, because you, because they're, and the thing is, though, too, they say, the, the the if you look at the fossils that they found of Gigantopithecus, they they found like jaw bones and some teeth and uh, some skull fragments. They haven't really found any uh, lower extremity bones, so they really don't know the full anatomy. They're they're yeah. really kind of guessing, and they're saying that basically it was a giant gorilla or a giant orangutan that was, but they don't really know actually his physiology, uh, how they looked. And but they it, know he was a big bastard. They know they were, because the the jaws are absolutely huge on these things that, that they found, and they said based off of that jaw and skull structure, that's how big it would be. Gigantopithecus would want to see some of his jerky. Oh yeah, so <laughs> if you see the the jerky on there, you're gonna mess with Sasquatch. We got the the jacklings. We on got there. the jacklings. We got the uh, the original. And the peppered. So yeah, Jack Link. So we're gonna we're gonna try this over. The uh, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll have to. But so I mean, Gigantopithecus. It can either be him or a an offshoot or an offspring of that species that has survived in the wilderness. I mean, they say it went extinct, but they've been founding animals. All over the place that have they thought that it was extinct. Look at these motherfuckers. Oh yeah, they think they're gonna get a treat. But yeah, so uh, they're, they're 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 finding animals all the time that they think have went extinct that are actually finding out that are still alive. Yeah, there's um, actually tales of. Uh, have you heard of the Tasmanian tiger? I have. They think they, they say those went extinct a couple hundred years ago. And Willem Dafoe shot one. And they're saying that they might have found some of those alive still. Well, it's like we were talking about the one episode about uh, the grizzlies in Mexico. Yeah. Up on uh, Baja Mountain. So, I mean, I think two scientists sometimes really want to get in too big of absolutes and say, hey, this is how it is, and like this is for a fact. But sometimes maybe there is a little bit of gray area, and there is a little bit of, uh, of area where they may not be 100% certain. So I don't you, think you never you never can say that you know something about the wilderness. Yeah, because you can't be everywhere all the time. Well, and, and, and Mother Nature has a really good track record of th- making you when you think you have it figured out of really throwing a, a curveball and stuff. I was reading the other day. Was there's a tortoise. No, on the Galapagos Island. Yeah. That they thought had been extinct for like 112 years. And then they found one. Well, even if you look back several years ago of uh, the coelacanth, it was a fish, but they thought it was... They, they caught f- one, yeah. They found fossils of it, and they thought it had been dead for millions of years. And, and then they caught one. And then they caught one. That was alive. Yeah, that's true. 
So, I mean, I think there's there's always room in science that don't be so arrogant and think you're absolutely right when you because there's a possibility you'd be wrong. I have to say that I believe in a small but present breeding population of primate in North America, in places like Kamchatka, in some areas of India, Nepal, Tibet. Yeah. And it may not, it may not be the Bigfoot that you see depicted in movies or in pictures or whatever, but it, it may be a large primate of some kind that has had fleeting glimpses of that people, you know, you know, you have that the telephone game when you play in elementary school where you you start talking and, and one person passes to the other and how much it changes over time. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, there that and that's really where I stand on it. There, I think there's a high probability that there is a an undiscovered primate somewhere that has been misidentified as a. It's, it's not that far fetched. I don't think when, so when at you, all. When you and like I said, man, you you think about how how sparsely populated a lot of the the western and specifically the mountain areas of north america are yeah when you get down into the swamps of southern north america when you get into areas of russia asia you know china whatever you know mongolia man there ain't nobody there no so you get down in indonesia where it's thick ass you know jungle yeah it's not that far-fetched that there's something there that you just have never seen, but it's a a large enough population to keep the breed going, but a small enough to be, to stay undetected. Exactly, and, and I think too. I think people like, people get too quick to to make these absolute judgments. I think we always need to make sure we keep an open mind because. It's easy to be wrong. There, you can be wrong on, on different things at different times, and 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 that not not just a normal person, but so-called experts are wrong all the time. So I mean, I wouldn't necessarily hold uh, true to anybody that says that this is an absolute why a thing is the way they say it is, because people get proved wrong all the time. So you know, essentially, don't. Uh don't know that you're right. Think that you're right, but don't know that you're right. Well, it was it uh, what Ronald Reagan said? Trust but verify. I mean, always. I mean, always be seeking the truth. Seek facts. Always be a uh, and keep an open mind. Keep an open mind and do your own research. People always want to take. People. And if you're curious, by all means, man, grab a backpack and and go explore. Yeah. Who knows what you'll find? Who knows? Uh, what you'll take picture of the very the very worst thing that'll happen is you'll be exposed to something you're not used to. Well, and like we were saying before about you know the cameras and stuff, shit, go for a hike and stick a GoPro in your head. You never yeah. know what's gonna yeah. you never know what you're gonna see, yeah. and you may find that evidence that science has been looking for. There, uh, there's always something out there to discover, and I mean, if you look at some of the science books or, or articles, there's there's biologists finding new species all the time still. Do you know who's never gotten a DUI? Who? Bigfoot. That's right. Be like Bigfoot. Have a plan. Don't get drunk. And don't get caught. <laughs> don't get caught driving. Yeah, <laughs> <don't> get caught. <laughs>
Make sure uh, you're undiscovered. <laughs> That's terrible advice. Just, just don't drive drunk, guys. Yeah, uh, make sure you uh, have a designated driver. Make sure you have a plan going forward. Uh, if you're going to be out uh, searching for Sasquatch, make sure you have a, a backup plan. Yeah, yeah. Don't get squatchy. <laughs> <laughs> guys, this has been a fun one. I know it's uh, kind of disorganized. Well, we, we had a, another episode planned that we were going to do. Yeah, and, this one. And we kind of just uh, winged this one again. Like We kind of segued off the ghost episode last week. and uh, But I think it was fun. Yeah. We, we was able to throw it together pretty quickly, I think. and uh, We did some acting. Yeah, hopefully you liked our skit at the beginning of the episode. That was our first time we tried that. It was really Bigfoot. Well, guys, we uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode tonight. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. There's uh, a lot of stuff we can we covered. There's probably still more that we can dig up and do a whole other show on. So if you have any suggestions or have any stories you want to share with us, drop us a comment. Um, you can uh, find us on all of our different social medias. Where we got our our Twitter, our Facebook, our TikTok. We've been putting videos on here lately. And then you can always find us on YouTube and all the major podcast players for the audio. We appreciate it. Let's not do anything that drudges up my nightmares next time. Guys, be safe and have a good night. Have a good one.